0: You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now to the show. Today, we're going to talk about proposals, love them or hate them. They're a requirement for so many companies, consultancies and consultants to get new customers and new projects. Today, we're gonna talk about some ways to do proposals better and smarter. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Joe Ardisar, founder and CEO at Smart Pricing Table. Joe, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Greg, thanks for having me. Excited to chat.
0: Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Um, why don't we get started by you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at Smart Pricing Table.
1: Yeah, well, I uh, I started in the agency life probably about 14 years ago. And I had a I had a web design shop in the Seattle area Where, you know, we, I kind of grew up um, as a business uh, guy, learning how to do sales and um, proposals and marketing and managing a team. So that's kind of my background. We we did a, it was a a great run, learned a lot of lessons, but one of the biggest things that we hyper-focused on was the proposal writing process. Uh, I found that a lot of times just our offering and our prices would change. And so we did a ton of work uh, in that discipline that eventually led me to start Smart Pricing Table, um, which took our findings and incorporated it as a SaaS product.
0: Nice, nice. Well, yeah. so anyone that has written proposals and you know I've certainly written or at least contributed to, I don't know, hundreds. Proposals, right. maybe not thousands. It feels like thousands, but it's <laughs> at least been hundreds in my career. Um, you know, they, anybody that's done this, they know the pains, right? It's there's researching, right. there's writing, budgeting, sending, waiting. Then you know, after all that, you find out if you even won or if you lost, and have to write more proposals to get different work. So, you know, I, I glossed over you know a, a bunch of these things, but you know, when when you're when you're thinking about writing proposals, and sort, certainly when you were thinking about starting your company and, and and building the product and everything. You know, what, what are some of the biggest challenges um, that you consider when writing proposals?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I hear over and over, Greg, just how, how much displeasure people have at proposal writing. In fact, I, I had a friend recently a comment that my business, uh, which is all around proposal writing, is an incredibly important one, but also terribly boring. <laughs> um, but the reality—the reality is, when you figure it out, proposal writing can be a lot of fun. Some of the biggest challenges, I would, there's, there's, there's quite a few categories, but I think one of them is it takes too much time. I think a lot of um, CEOs, a lot of head salespeople, you know, they they have so much going on that getting even 15 minutes to work on a proposal can be challenging uh, let alone maybe the 2 or 3 hours that it really should get and so i think there's time and procrastination and putting it off and uh, that challenge yeah i'd also say uh, a lot of back and forth i think we've all you know kind of gone through that that process where you know it feels like you know there's there's 10 changes initially then there's 5 then there's 3 right. And then they get the actual decision makers in the room, <laughs>
0: right,
1: right. right? Like you weren't even talking to the right people and then you just start all over. I think that's a big pain point. Um, I don't, I also think there's a big challenge, you know, just with um. it's kind of like writing content for your website. You know, a lot of people can find that an excruciating experience. I, I think the the blinking carrot when you're writing a proposal can also be, you know, a hard thing to overcome. There's just this brain fog, mixed with I have so much to freaking do. <laughs> yeah, um, right. yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, the, the list is so long. <laughs> of, of, yeah, you know, not fair, har- fair enough. <laughs> yeah, not, not charging enough, client misunderstandings, um, something called, I call it the vague vortex where uh, we're vague and because of that you know the client kind of has us we have to do whatever they want because we weren't clear about what we we're yeah. actually going to deliver lots and lots of pitfalls in in the work
0: yeah yeah and so yeah there's there's a lot there and as you know as you as you mentioned there's there's probably a, a lot more too as far as challenges I mean you know proposals there it's a it's a necessary evil um, to your point when when there's a good process in place, It's at least easier and better and and smoother. Some companies, it's just, you know, they think of it as a necessary evil and it's just got to get done. And it's just a painful thing that you. it's like taking your vitamins or whatever, eating your vegetables like it just got to get done. But, you know, why should companies invest in the process itself?
1: yeah you know I, I I often look at business as uh, kind of like a cavern where you're uh, you have a flashlight and you're exploring uh, different parts of the cavern and yeah. a, a lot of times you know it just takes it can take months or years to really get to the different you know parts of it and i I'd say that proposal writing is one of those you know very important, parts that you have to explore. And until you do, um, there, there can be a lot of unnecessary pain. Okay. As far as why companies should in, invest in their proposal process? Well, one of the questions we have to ask is what, what actually is a proposal? And if you, if you sit down and think about it, so often what a proposal represents is a plan. Yeah. And though, though a lot of uh, companies will look at proposals and they'll think, well, that's a that's a really boring thing. I don't want to think about that. I don't like that. Um, the, the process of it, when you when you pitch it as it's really a plan, well, well, that gets interesting. Yeah. Because you know, if I'm going to do something with a customer, I want to plan to succeed. You know, there's the the saying, of course, failure. Uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you do proposal writing well, it's the foundation of your project, and it can lead you to success. Um, some of the the big ideas, I think, would be um, shorter close cycles. If you're clear with your offering, if you know what you're actually selling, <laughs> um, you're going right. to have less follow-up questions. Um, customers and prospects get the sense that you've done this before, which is very important. I would also say uh, maintaining profitability. Uh, many times, the reason why we lose our margin is because we weren't clear. There weren't handles to grab onto. I, you know, the, the customer said, well, you just said that you do this. <laughs> and I'm thinking, right. you're right, I did. <laughs> but I'm making minimum wage, <laughs> right? Um, or, the, or my company is going bankrupt because we don't have uh, handles to grab onto. Yeah. Um, I'd also say uh, reducing scope creep, which is very connected, of course, with profitability. I'd say uh, joy in writing proposals. Did you know that you can actually enjoy the proposal writing process? I promise you, wow. um, and we can talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and then the last one I'll mention is is kind of really big picture. Listen, when when you create great proposals that lead to great projects you end up with a great company right really is the foundation and I found running my agency for 12 years if we did a shoddy proposal not only would it affect my uh, morale as the as the leader um, but that would also go down to my team if a team knows that you're not making money if they realize that the project is going haywire that definitely affects a lot um, and you don't want to lose your team over bad
0: projects, yeah. yeah, 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 and I totally agree with you as far as you know. A proposal isn't just a proposal, right? I mean, it is it is setting the the stage for. There's certainly going to be a contracting and, and procurement process or whatever, but it is setting the stage for the work to be done and how whether it's well defined or ill defined or, or, or whatever. So you know, to, totally. There's there's some very long-term implications of that um but you know you mentioned you know actually enjoying writing proposals and so i got i got to follow up on that because i'm maybe still not at that level of of uh, whatever <laughs> zen or whatever you want to call it then right? what, what does that look like you know and, and what are what are sort of the you know it does that mean that you're writing a better proposal does that mean that you're you're making peace with the process or you know what, what does that kind of look like
1: yeah, I think you're you're making peace with the process by actually having one. <laughs> fair, fair point. I break it down into five big ideas, but I'm really going to hone in on, on this uh, talk with really one really big idea. I like I like it. You know, that if if I can leave your audience with one uh, stellar concept, I'd love to do that, um, which I'll I'll share here in a second. But I'd say a, a simple framework for writing better proposals. The first one I'd say is capitalize with technology, so use proposal-specific software. Okay, I could talk about this a ton. Proposal-specific software is going to have proposal-specific features. Uh, I'll let your audience kind of fill in the gaps there on the the value of that. Uh, The next one is to create an offering catalog, and I'm going to come back to that. That's my biggest tip. Uh, Then I'd also say um, giving your customers options or optionality. That really helps break down or a cut down on the back and forth. It builds trust because you're giving them influence over the project architecture. A big one I also talk about um, a lot is the proposal review meeting. Uh, We spend all this work doing a proposal, but getting in front of your customer and actually selling the proposal on a proposal review meeting is is huge happy to to talk more about that if, if we have time and then uh, the last part of the framework um, so so i'll restate this proposal specific software catalog your offering give your customers options uh, implement a proposal review meeting and then the last one is continuously improve. so if if it's all about creating a better project for your customer then what you want to do is every learning that you get from your projects, you want to then take that back to your system and codify those learnings and make it better. Right. Just like a product where you're always taking your learnings and you're making a better product, do the same thing with your proposal system and you'll be blown away uh, with with the results. If I could though Greg get back to the catalog you're offering can we talk about that for a, a yeah, minute Yeah, or definitely. Two? Yeah. So the biggest thing I learned so I had a I had a web design agency for 12 years and the the biggest thing I learned was about halfway through I don't I can't remember who told me this but they said uh, they presented the concept of productizing your offering. Yeah. So what this means is Instead of grabbing line items or offering text from past proposals, take the time to start building a library of your offering, your offer, the different offerings that you present. So, for instance, if you if you did, um, you know, online marketing, maybe one of your offerings is uh, social media management. OK. Yeah. What a lot of businesses will do is they'll say, well, they'll give an offering like like that and they'll be vague. They don't, they're not really clear about it, but if you can start to flush that out and define it, okay, here's what's included, X posts per month, I'll also um, engage with your comments, you know, people that, that engage with the, 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 the posts that I'm putting out, I'll also engage with those comments, limitations, um, upsells, all that, this kind of stuff, if you, if you can start defining that as a line item, a reusable one it's incredible what that can do. Yeah. yeah. So, and th- that was just one example, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's great. And that, that kind of leads to, you know, the, you, you mentioned reusability and I was at a professional services conference a few months back and, you know, that, that's kind of the holy grail is this idea of this 100% reusable proposal template, which, you know, there's. There's some things that may need to change, you know, and, and certainly I'd, I'd love your your thoughts on this, but on a on a case by case basis. But you know, do you see this as how much of a proposal can or even should be reusable? I mean, using using an example like your like your web design agency, for instance, because obviously different types of scope can be vastly different or whatever. But, you know, in, in a case like a company like that is is 100% reusable, realistic or even possible? Or is it like some, you know, 90% or, or something? Or is, is that even the right question to ask?
1: Well, I think I think that's a great question, and the the value of continuous improvement is you're moving towards that with every new project. So yeah. I, I would say, uh, you know, I I've, I have a lot of experience with this because we we were trying to get to that as as far as we could, and I w- I would say you never get to it a hundred percent, nor should you necessarily. Um, but 90 percent, what I what I found at um at my old agency is we were able to craft most of the proposal with reusable line items that we could then we could then tweak. So as a specific example, let's, let's go back to that social media management um, line item. So you're building that reusable line item. You're building other reusable line items like cold email outreach or website design or what, whatever the case um, in this marketing example, just because that social media uh, management offering could change per customer doesn't mean that I shouldn't templatize as much as I can, right? Because if I have a line item ready to go, maybe, maybe it's only 70 or 80% finished. Well, I'll still take that time back. Right. And if, if you have structured line items or structured content, you, you, you're not just starting from scratch. You can, you can kind of look through the line item, tweak it real quick. Um, make adjustments for your prospect and you're back on the road or you're onto the next thing. So I do think that getting to 90% can be achievable, 80, 90%, but you've got to be continually building your system and each project is helping you build momentum. Before
0: we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up, and their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to PartnerHero.com Agile, that's PartnerHero.com slash A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with our solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. So then... You've done this, you've put together a great proposal, you send it out, and you know, it just kind of goes into the it goes into someone's inbox or, or something like that. How do you maximize like is there something in the writing and the creative creating of a proposal that can maximize engagement from prospects after sending it? Like how do you how do you keep the dialogue going when you know you've just kind of thrown something over the fence and, and and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I love that question. And I would, I would recommend um, the proposal review meeting. So let, let me kind of outline this. And there are, other, there are other parts, but I think this is key. So when I would do proposals, the, the, the basic process would be like this. I'd meet with the prospect. I'll pretend it to you, Greg. And I'd have a 30-minute call with you, as like a sales discovery call. And I'd finish that call and I'd say, hey, Greg, I really appreciate you downloading all that information, Okay. What I what I'd like to do the next step in our process is I'd like to do a 20 minute proposal review meeting. I would then bring up my Calendly in your time zone Greg and I would ask you a, I'd ask for a day that works well and then I'd show you my time slots. Yeah. Now, I didn't I didn't ask you if you wanted to do the proposal meeting. I just said it's part of the process and right. that makes it feel concrete, right? Every once in a while you'll have someone push back. But that actually sh- shows their cards a bit. And you kind of have to ask, like, how serious is this prospect if they can't give me 20 minutes? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then the attendance rate on that meeting is really high because you have something they want. They want to see your services and your prices and they want to compare that to other uh, proposals. And and I think this is key. You don't send them the proposal until after the meeting. OK. Mm. With, with this setup. And, uh, and then when you're actually on the meeting, it's so helpful because what, what, you, what you have the opportunity to do is you didn't just create a proposal, but you have the ability to sell it. Here's why I set it up this way. By the way, Greg, here are some additional options you might want to consider. We can't get into all the details here, but there's a lot of, you know, I, I kind of described this. You might not realize we have this offering. It's a great opportunity to uh, surface questions nail down prices and their selections. And I just can't recommend uh, that for uh, the, the proposal review meeting enough. It's a great, great strategy.
0: And I think to your, to your point, I mean, I, th- I know this has happened to me or, or my, I used to own a, a marketing agency as well. And, you know, it, if somebody really doesn't want to talk about, <laughs> about the proposal with you to, to what you were just saying, chances are they need to show someone five proposals and choose one. And if you're number four or five, you're just, you know, you're, you're helping somebody check a box. Right. So, you know, getting, getting the meeting or at least seeing the willingness to take a meeting at least indicates you're in the running. Right. Right. Yep. I think, I think that's, that's really helpful. And a lot of times with sales,
1: you know, it's like, it's it, it kind of similar to if someone's willing to pay you money, the, the, that that's a, a signal that's a lot stronger than what they what they're actually saying. And so in the same way, yeah. them scheduling the meeting, being willing to that is willing to do that is a, a key indicator for you. And I also yeah. like to say the more they're talking to me, the less they're talking to my competitors and, yeah. and how many other companies are doing this. It's a, a great way to sting, distinguish yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, yeah. And so then along those lines, I mean, so, you know, we talked about creating a proposal, we talked about getting that that meeting, any, any tips or thoughts on, you know, the next step beyond that is, you know, to go through some kind of procurement process. So, you know, is there anything about the proposal itself or the proposal process that helps get the signature faster, or, you know, gets approvals faster, you know, ways to think in, in that way? I would say um,
1: one of the biggest things that comes to mind is optionality. When, yeah. when you think of optionality, it really kills so much of the back and forth. If you've got maybe a base offering with, with a few optional items that they can turn off and on, and you've got clear descriptions of those optional services, it can really, really uh, streamline things. I, I, I remember recently I had a a contractor who I, w- I was doing some kind of home service and they sent me a bid and I'd asked them, you know, could you give me option A, B, and C? And unfortunately they didn't and it just made it take so lo- so much longer. Yeah. So that's a really big one. I'd also say I like to ask uh, big questions or uh, high level questions to help understand the process. So I might I might say things like, you know, uh, just so I can understand, what is the decision-making process for this project look like? Yeah. <laughs> a lot, yeah. lot of times we don't have because we don't ask, right? But a lot yeah. of most companies will just volunteer that information. You might, you might also ask, who are the key decision-makers? And I like to ask, what would happen uh, if this project didn't go forward? All those questions can help you understand what's going on on their side and can potentially help you expedite. Now, the final thing I would say is I always like to, I love the acronym FAM BAM. Okay. So it's from a meeting, book a meeting. Hmm. And I already referenced that previously with yeah, the proposal yeah. review meeting, but I like to, you know, ask those high level questions, get the information from them. And then I, I like to book a meeting, you know, maybe they say, well, John's the decision maker. He's out on vacation for two weeks. I would then say, awesome. Hey, well, I'll send this proposal over. Could we meet middle of July and see if there's any questions that surfaced from John, right? Yeah. You're, you've got the next step, you've defined it, and you're working towards that close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Definitely. That, that's great stuff. And, you know, I also wanted to talk about maybe to go back to the, the beginning of the process. So, you know, we've, we've talked about some great ways to get from proposal to to winning the project, but you know, going all the way back to a, not every project originates with a request for proposal or an RFP, but a lot do, and I've certainly responded to a lot of RFPS in 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 the in my days as well. Um, so this is more you know geared to those sending out, but you know, having you having responded to plenty of, of proposals as well, you know, what what advice would you have for those companies? You know in some cases, garbage in, garbage out, right? Like a bad RFP, which I've seen plenty, is not going to yield the best proposals regardless of how good the proposal process is. So, you know, how do you, what advice would you have to those people out there? You know, they have a big project. There's a lot on the line. They've got to send an RFP out. Like what, what would make that, what would make a better proposal, you know, from that starting point?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I, I think one of the one of the things that can really kill kill RFPs is having way too much going on. you're asking for way too much. I know I know a lot of times with a government RFPs you, you just it's kind of the nature of the game. you kind of have to do that right. But I, I would say you know if, if you're asking for a million parameters or a, a, a just a ton of ton from your your vendors, you're going to get a, a lot smaller of a response of people that are actually responding to those RFPs. Yeah. Another thing I would say is what I found responding on the, on the other side, responding to RFPs, is that a lot of the companies wouldn't meet with, with my agency. And that really bugged me. Um, you've got to understand that an RFP, it, it, or, sorry, a proposal in response to an RFP is helpful. Um, and, and it's kind of like a, a first kind of measurement of, of how well a, a company listens and responds, but it doesn't, a lot of times it doesn't get through a lot of things don't get through through it. And so I think having an openness to at least, you know, uh, a short list of the folks that you're willing to do a follow-up call with, um, as opposed to, you know, you've got to go through this really complex process. I think you're going to, you're going to lose a lot of vendors, because, uh, you know, vendors have a lot of different opportunities. And if you make it too hard, they're just going to go to some of the easier ones with customer prospects that are the the bar's not quite so high.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, proposals, they take no matter, no matter how streamlined the process is, it takes time. And it's, it's overhead time, you know, especially if you don't win the the proposal. So yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's, you know, RFPs, they're necessary evils in many organizations. I mean, that's just part of their process. You mentioned government. That's certainly, you know, there, there are just certain requirements that have to be met. And in some cases, there's restrictions from meeting. But yeah, you know, I, I always worry about, you know, unless there's some like government guideline or something restricting from having meetings or anything, I, I always worry about those that just they send out an RFP and we just want 20 responses and, you know what are the odds if you don't know who they are of of you getting picked in that in that scenario? It's just kind of it's a it feels like a time waste. And to your point, a lot of I think a lot of the better and and more savvy respondents are gonna choose not to respond. Would Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I I think that that's a you know we know we we played the game we know how it works right. There's a there could be a certain requirement. If it, if it's permissible, the company that's sending out the RFP, you know, even even just you know a, a personal note to some of the folks that you're sending it to, just saying like, hey, um, we are sending this out to a lot of people, but just so you know, I'm I'm very interested in your in your company. Now I, I get sometimes that wouldn't wouldn't be permissible, right. but you you hit a, a good point there, Greg. So many you know I, I would get these RFPs all the time, and it's like. I, <laughs> how do i know i could put all this work into this and um you end up choosing there's a a, a connection of a connection and and right. turns out 80 percent of the people never had a chance right <laughs> right right it was it was just uh, checking a box getting a uh, up to 15 or something like that
0: yeah yeah it's uh it's tough and uh, you know again it, there's certainly there's there's considerations on both sides but i think it's you know when when you can try to you know, try to have that, that communication. I think it makes for a better project in the long run if you have that early on and there's just less mismatched expectations and things like that. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Joe, uh, thank you so much for joining. Um, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, you've given a lot of great advice already and, and definitely, you know, recommend that people check out your site and, and everything after this as well. But, you know, wh- one last question, you know, what's what's one piece of advice that you'd have for a company that knows they need to improve their proposal process, but maybe, you know, not sure where to start and where should they begin?
1: I would, I would go back to the big idea of productizing your offering. Just start doing that at minimum, open up a word doc and start spelling out your offering in a repository way, like as a template, not, not on an individual customer. There's so many benefits of going through that process. I should also mention, Greg, I have a, on our website at Smart Pricing Table, I have a profitable proposal blueprint. It's a free guide um, that I would, I suggest to your listeners if they're struggling with the process. And I also do free demos of our products where I can go over a lot of these principles as well. Great. That, that guide itself is a really helpful tool.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Joe Ardiser, founder and CEO at Smart Pricing Table for joining the show. You can learn more about Joe and Smart Pricing Table, and we'll have a, a link to that guide as well in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G R E G K I H L